How's everybody doing tonight? We have a special treat. We are uh, basically recording today's All Walks of Our podcast from my attic, the man cave, the attic above the garage where there's no heat, no AC, and uh, it is kind of warm in here today. The uh, The temperature is about 77, 80 degrees with no, no real wind. So if you're hearing a fan, that's what that is. And... I brought Paul along with me today for a bit of time, and he's going to try a New Holland brew. It's from New Holland Brewing. It's called Dragon's Milk Reserve. The uh, The beer is uh, uh, aged in bourbon barrels with a little bit of maple syrup. Really? Yeah. I, I like it. It's 11% ABV. Am I going to like this? Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> But I, I want to see your reaction. I really do. I've I've had I've had a couple today. Well, we're recording this late too, which yeah, is something different. It is something different. We're uh, after 10 p.m. Uh, actually thought about skipping it this weekend. Uh, probably would have been a good idea. Maybe I don't know. I'm already rolling over my cords. Talk for me. That's how you tear things up. Just it like is. that, roll, roll over the cord. That's that's one of my my uh, that's pet, a pet peeves. Peeve. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's, I hate it. I was like, how did that just happen? Oh well. So for those of you who can't see what we're doing, I just have a nice pair of AKG headphones that I just probably ruined, rolling over the cord with my chair that I never use. But anyway, give out a sip before we get to talking. All right, about let's things. do this. It's uh, it's a dark. You go ahead and drink yours. I'll talk about it. It's a dark ale. It's a it's a it's a stout. It's what they call it. It doesn't mean it's stout. In flavor, it just means it's a style good. of stout. It is. Uh, it does have a great aroma. Um, I get a little bit of a chocolatey flavor out of it, kind of a sweetness. There's a lot of malt in brewing this. Obviously, with a high volume, high alcohol by volume beer, they got to have a lot of malt. And I this really ties in well with what I want to talk about today. So I want to I want to get well, your that's take. Good. On I got first. something to tell you too. You first. Wow. I missed you. We took a break and it's like, you know, it really felt weird. Like, I don't like this very Mm -hmm. strongly, but I don't hate it. And it's weird because there's parts of it that I like. Does that make any sense? It does. There's a, there's a bit of an aftertaste with it that some people don't like. I think it pairs well with like, uh, if we had cheesecake, cheesecake would be fantastic with that. Hmm. I, uh, I think maybe too you've you forced enough different beer on me. I'm starting to acquire a little bit of a, yeah. a tolerance for not yeah. a taste, but a yeah, tolerance. tolerance. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Because you went that direction, I didn't have any plans on you going that direction, but it sounds like a good way to segue into what I want to talk about. And then we'll we'll go with yours. So don't don't forget what you're wanting to talk about. Oh, I'm about. not. I'm just gonna tell you about what I did last weekend. Okay, I'll remember that. The uh the beer is much to me, it's much like art. It's an acquired taste. It punches you in the face. And it's a little different than than what everybody else drinks. I mean, we as as artists, a lot of times you look at things like Walmart art or the big box. I'll just say the big box stores. You know, you walk in, you know, the Michaels, the the uh Hobby Lobbies, you know, the uh decor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I struggle with this quite a bit because I feel like I should be painting artwork that goes along those lines because the majority like it, but I don't want to paint something simply for the act of selling it, even though that's the end goal. So I want to be a little more bold and that's where this beer comes in. I just want to be, I want to be me, you know, I don't want to be like everything else on the shelf. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. So what do you got? I know this is quick. We're just kind of moving at it. Rapid fire. Yeah, rapid Listen. fire. We'll get back at this. Soon. All right. Well, yeah, because I got some things, you know, to go to to yes, go along with what you just said. But what I was going to tell you about um, this weekend, I went to Pittsburgh to see Iron Maiden. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Dang it. They're playing in Indianapolis tonight. Tonight, yeah. yeah my my yeah. friend Ty's there. Um, yeah, nice. I've never seen Maiden. I'm not a super fan yeah. by any means. Yeah. I mean, Maiden's one of those bands I like respect. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of songs of theirs that I love, but I don't. Uh, I've never been a super fan. If Maiden was a beer, who would they be? Probably be this Dragon's Milk. You think? 
Dragon's Milk. Yeah. yeah. It's got a cool name. It does have a cool name. But how the how me seeing Maiden ties in to all this is those guys are I, I look Dickinson 61. I think they're all right around the same age, yeah, six, yeah. 62, 63, 59. And they started, they started the show. They had all this theatrics. They had a different backdrop for and and scenery for almost every song. Oh wow. Um except for like the middle five. And they had like this church kind of motif. Mm-hmm. And then the the last part of the set, every song was a different backdrop. The the backdrops were amazing. And that's all they basically were. Backdrops with with what I believe were mostly inflatables. Yeah. But it didn't look inflatable. You know, like the yeah. animatronic kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. but they were um it the the artistry I mean, of the show was in, incredible. Eddie still walked out though, right? Yeah. Eddie come out on stilts and Bruce fought him. Why they played the trooper. Yeah. And, um, but Dickinson did not stop moving for the entire show. And he's, he just battled cancer. Yeah. So, I mean, the dude's, the dude's a, he's a machine, you know? They all, they all were, were basically, but but here's the thing. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, if you think I'm, I'm like, no, I mean, he might have stopped for 20 seconds at a time to do a, you know, to, to sing for a second. But that's it. Like they played two hours. Wow. They're that they're that old. They've been playing those songs. This this was a you know a uh 30th anniversary tour basically yeah. and, and a nostalgia tour. And they they played all the all the old stuff. They played some deep cuts too. Where was this in Pittsburgh that they I mean, the the hockey arena? Oh, okay. I don't so know. About I ten thousand people roughly. Fifteen, it's 15, sold out. Yeah. So here's Here's a here's a, a band, a group of artists that put out a body of work that they've been doing for X amount of years. All these songs yeah. were very old. And they've been playing them those for you know 25, 30 oh, years yeah, or better. Yeah. Not to mention they they're not playing every night, but you know, they're playing every couple nights right now. Oh yeah. And they still have that power. That, that energy yeah. to be that excited about about doing that, yeah, man, that's. I feel bad I didn't go. I should have really made an effort. It was unreal. That. It was. Wow. I, it was. Uh, it was the best show I've ever seen in my life, and wow. and I wasn't like close. I was far away. Yeah, and still the the theatrics and the music. The uh, the mix wasn't perfect, but it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Dickinson's voice sounds as good if not better than it ever has and wow. he's an you know he's an old man and he's running and and jumping across parts of the stage and wow. and Yannick is is doing his thing and and you know Steve's doing his thing they're all running around and i mean they just played those songs a couple nights ago they wrote those songs 30 years ago oh, yeah. and they're still excited about they yeah, that, are still that's crazy i was going to mention that that that's you know, here I am. I've been doing the same artwork style for 20, 30 years, and I'm I'm kind of bored with it in the respect that I just don't feel like I'm really getting out there. I've, I've been in a funk lately that is uh, probably the worst I've been in for a long time. It's it's become way too easy for me to feel like an old man just mow grass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, go to work, come home. Watch a movie with the wife. I'm really hooked. Uh, I was really hooked on Lucifer on Netflix, so I had to binge watch all four seasons of that. And there's a lot to a season, right? Um, and, and I just kind of got into this this routine where I was like, well, I don't need to blog today. I don't need to do this podcast, and uh, you know, it just kept going and going on. I really, I haven't, really haven't even. Uh, made any artwork for a while. I haven't worked on anything for a while. Since the last time you were here, nothing has been done. It's been, what, a month, basically? It's been a minute, yeah. Um, so, you know, to hear about these guys doing this, it really makes me feel like a wuss that, you know... Well, exactly. It should. You know, I'm and just going to... That's the point of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you can get that excited and and bring that, that passion to something like that, to all these cities... 
and you've done this year on year yeah. in year out. Yeah. And these are songs that they they got to be sick of playing some of these, yeah. man. And Bruce probably flew the plane into Pittsburgh. He probably did. I mean, you know, he probably responsible did. for getting the band there. And <laughs> but it's like how what well, how can I take take time off? And I don't mean time away. It's like how after seeing that it's. It's like, how can I not be 100% passionate about yeah. anything and everything I'm doing oh, yeah. all the time? Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. And and that's that's really the whole reason for uh, – I, I know I kind of pushed you this weekend. Um, you're not feeling so great with your throat. And um, I just – I honestly wasn't feeling it this weekend <clears throat> either. And I, I went – I mowed the grass first and – which is normally on a Saturday, I, I typically blog first. I'll do like a weekend coffee break thing, which has changed. It's now the weekend beverage break because I, I tend to drink alcohol more <laughs> than I drink coffee. I, I kind of gave up coffee there for uh, the last couple of weeks. It makes me feel for better. Lent? No, no, just I don't have any lint in my belly button or oh, anything. Okay. But I just decided that uh, <laughs> uh, I just decided that maybe I was drinking too much coffee, you know, two pots a day. Two pots? Oh, yeah, Did yeah. You, say, you said yeah, two pots. pots. Yeah, yeah. Two pots, Shokor, man. Um, yeah, no, seriously, I was drinking really heavy yeah. heavy coffee, too. It was really thick, uh, strong. Uh, and then I'd have a monster at work in the evening and sometimes one of those little V8 energy drinks to get me through the last break and uh, a couple Mountain Dews. I'd come home and have a, a Coke or something, and I was wired all the time. My gut, My gut health is terrible. I mean, it still is <clears throat> terrible, really. So I, I kind of gave up the coffee thinking, well, if I start feeling better, maybe I'll be more creative. And that really didn't help. <laughs> it wasn't maybe coffee was making me artistic. I don't know. Um, I, I still don't think it's a bad idea to do what I did, but um, I just, I really, I mowed grass this morning first. Then I grabbed a beer and thought, well, I'll write, see if I get this blog post hammered out. And I did. And, uh, uh, we had already decided we weren't going to do it this weekend. And, um, as the day progressed, I just started feeling like, you know, maybe I should do something. So reached out here and there. And I thought about doing a Skype deal with somebody this evening and, uh, all that jazz. And, and, uh, I thought, well, why don't we just mix it up and not do a Sunday afternoon or sun, uh, late early evening or anything like that. Just, just do a Saturday night up in the, the attic if you're available. And, uh, here we are. Here we are. And I mean, I'm exhausted. I really am. I've, I've got kind of this head thing going on where I'm just tired. And, I think it's allergies. I think yeah. that's a big part. It probably part, part is. with me because it's is. like I can't stop coughing and my eyes are real scratchy. I'm on. I'm on the D. This heat, the Allegra D. Oh yeah. This uh, this heat we've had in Ohio now for about a month. Has that affected you at all creatively? No. No. No, I don't think so. I think just. I feel like it's in the middle of winter for me. It's weird. It's like it's yeah. a. You I get like, like this, and it, I'm just kind of lethargic. I'm not really, um, not thinking about creating stuff. And but but the last couple of days, I have been thinking about like lyric ideas, and yeah. and I've been I was supposed to I was supposed to uh, record some songs for my uh, my band Bioscrew and record some vocals tomorrow but my throat's just not yeah. it's not gonna work but <laughs> i uh i got my bass rig out i got a new cabinet today and i got my bass rig out in my um garage because i had some technical difficulties um and and i think that's a good topic to talk about how how technical difficulties are <laughs> the are the killer of joy and the yeah. killer of uh yeah. art artistic expression sometimes but um i had a lot of lot of trouble last weekend the weekend before last when I played. Yeah, we were going to talk about that and we skipped right over it. And we I, I tried to uh, troubleshoot that. But what was great is why I was troubleshooting that and testing out some different uh, cabinet configurations for some upcoming shows. Uh, you know, I was kind of inspired. It was nice just to sit there in the garage and play my bass at high volumes with the yeah. door up and not care. And, yep. and I come up with a couple new riffs, I think, that have become songs. And, you know, it's good. It's, it's like... Uh, you know, nothing nothing draws a crowd like a crowd, right. and nothing springs creativity like creativity. You right, know, so right. I'll tell you what really kind of kicked me in the in the nuts today, really, uh, other than the beer, because I 
I'm going to be honest with you. I had a couple after I mowed and while I was working on the blog post. And then I had another one after. And then I talked my wife into pizza. And pizza always cheers me up. Always. Doesn't matter. I mean, it can be shit pizza. And I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. So I feel you. You know, I, I just, there was a big change in me today where I just said, said to myself, you know, it's, it's not about me at this point. We've got uh, quite a few listeners now. And I don't want to let them down. I've got people who read my blog. I don't want to let them down. And I can be honest, I reached out to uh, Twitter and I kind of said something to the effect of I'm just not feeling it. I was having a real bad week to begin with. Uh, you know how offspring are, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of it's one of them things. Don't you get know? me going. Um, so it was a rough, rough week and some things happened and I wasn't real happy about it. Uh, my gas can got destroyed. The only gas can I had. So ang angrily, I got on the Internet and I ordered a new gas can. Knowing I'm going to be working on the Jeep, I decided to get an expensive Rotopax style gas can. For those of you listening who don't know what that is, it's a kind of an off-road style gas can that you can mount to the outside of your Jeep or your vehicle or whatever. The, the typical style that you see like on the back of Humvees or in Jeeps when you see no, them. No, that's, that's a NATO style can. Uh, the the, uh, the Rotopax is more of a, it's got handles on all sides. It's real futuristic looking. It looks like a little booklet kind of. It's real thin it's just weird. Like the four gallon tank I have is probably three feet by 12 inches by two inches thick, something like that. And it's designed so that it, it can be mounted to the Jeep outside. Did like, you get it? I did. Uh, and that was the point was that I ordered it thinking, okay, well, you know, the boy, the boy said he was going to buy me a new can over a month ago when I fixed his brakes. Right. Haven't seen it. Well, then he had a buddy over. <coughs> I don't want to talk terrible about this whole, I don't want to get into details. No, I hear you. The can disappeared Thursday night. I, I felt like I was staying up all night babysitting children in my yard, burning wood. I was really worried that the the forest behind us was going to burn down. It was going to be my fault. Right. <laughs> right. So I stayed up. Ended up putting the fire out at nine in the morning. And I took a nap before I went to work is basically how it worked. And uh, I, I missed my whole day. But I ordered the can. Well, the can came. Needless to say, it was completely destroyed. It looked like somebody took a machete to it, right? I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, what did I do to to get all that? Who packs a piece of shit in a box and says, well, he just paid 90 bucks. I'll send that to him. Wow. I mean, I, I literally, when I found out that the company's based in Lexington, Lexington, I almost took a road trip today. Lexington, yeah. Kentucky? Yeah. I lost uh, my virginity there. <laughs> did you? That's a true story. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Well, at least something good came out of Lexington. So did you send it back? I'm going to. I'm working with uh, Amazon to do the whole return <laughs> thing and, you know, having UPS pick it up with a with an adult here to make sure it gets packed properly. Yeah, fuck that. I'm just going to put it in a, in a box that came in the way it came, and I'm going to put everything in the box and say, right. sorry, guys, send me another one. This is ridiculous. I wouldn't, I wouldn't send my artwork out like that. You know, it's just – I know I'm on a rant, but I think people need to hear this. It's life. Life gets in the way. And it really affects your creativity. So as, as I'm going through this, lo and behold, I had all these people in my circle that were saying, dude, it'll, it'll be all right. You know, I didn't really go into details with them on, on Twitter or any of the other Facebook, uh, social media, blah, blah, blah. But it, it was really nice knowing that there's people out there that some of them I even forgot followed me completely and were, were willing to just, you know, send me a message and things like that. So. I think we may have talked about it before on here, but you really do need a good support structure of people who are going to support what you do and give you good feedback. Definitely. You know, when you, when you need it and, uh, and push you. Yeah. And push you. Yeah. Cause I mean, this, I, I think part of me, even with these podcasts, I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to let you down, you know, with these because it's something we do and uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, and I feel like if we slack off too much, it's just going to be too easy to quit. So here we are drinking New Holland Brewing. Uh, yeah. Dragon's Milk, which I absolutely love. I love Dragon. I, I go way back with Dragon's Milk, back in the Thirsty Muse days when I was doing the the, the writing for that and all that. But uh, I photographed some for that. <laughs> I can't think of a good way of saying it, but I really enjoy this beer. And it's been good because... You know as well as anything else around. Well, you maybe don't. 
when you go out and you buy beer, it's it's like everyone thinks craft beer is an IPA or a pale ale. It's right. like it's like just I want a good stout. I want a good porter. And I can never find them. So running into this today, this where did you find that at? Uh, down at Hooch's, uh, our liquor store here in this area. But I, I went to get I went to get bourbon and stuff to make martinis because I, I haven't made a martini in a while and I miss that too. I probably sound like a lush to everybody. We had a martini. We did. We did two podcasts ago. I think it were three. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. It was good. So I had the same stuff. Bought the same stuff to make those dirty martinis because I like them. I wonder what happened if you put a pickle in it instead of a. Uh, Olives. I don't. I don't know. We can call it a dirty martini, but it maybe a filthy martini. I like it because <laughs> it's got a pickle in it. <laughs> <laughs> Stick a pickle in it. It's it's late. <laughs> I think this this tone's the tone of this podcast is going to be a little different than some of the other ones. I think it it is, and and I don't care because I know we're we're trying to appeal to creatives. You know, I don't want this to always be about. Hey, this is what whatever you know i don't again i i even put it in our description somewhere that i don't want to sound like your art history teacher is talking to you because you know, nobody wants that i want you to be entertained and talk about things that really really affect creatives and and i think this is something that affects us all we get we get in a weird headspace sometimes and it's just hard to get out of it i think i feel like that you got upset though because you went in the store and you saw a, a framed picture of a windmill and it just kind of pissed you off a little bit. And <laughs> I like windmills. I do. It's not the windmill, man. It's not the windmill. It's a damn Jackson Pollock. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I'm going to say it out, out loud. Um, first off, because I always make fun of Jackson Pollock. It's kind of my shtick, right? It's something I do. It's, yeah, I Jackson like Pollock, Nickelback. They don't yeah. get much love on this show. I had to laugh because season three, episode 10 of Lucifer. It, for those of you who've never seen it, this is a little bit, uh, this is a spoiler if you haven't seen that, which, you know, it's season three for crying out loud. You probably, I'm probably the only one on the planet's not seen it. I haven't watched it yet. It's in um, my queue. I plan to watch it. <laughs> Mazikeen is a demon that basically helps Lucifer, you know, with all of his things. And, and uh, she was supposed to uh, interrogate someone and get answers out of him. So when they caught up together, Lucifer was like, well, did, did you stick bamboo up his fingernails? Well, yeah, I'm, it's not my first time, she says. <laughs> and he goes, you tried waterboarding. Yes, I tried waterboarding. He's just not talking. Well, then Lucifer looks at him at her and goes, did you put nickel back on repeat? <laughs> I just, I, you know, the, the booze just flew out of my nose. It was funny. funny. I really enjoyed it. So anyway, are you still listening right now? Are you still at home thinking to yourself? Why am I subscribed to this podcast? <laughs> but no, seriously, I got to tell you, it this is about literally about the struggle. It's it. You're not always going to sell something. You're not always going to be able to make stuff. Well, you said it at the start. You said, do you do you make stuff that you want to make, or do you make stuff with the intent to sell? And I think that you know, not counting commission pieces. I think that, you know, if somebody, if you're doing something specifically with a, a, a specific end game in mind, that's one thing. But um, it's like, you know, I don't make music for, with the intent of, I hope that people like it, but I make it for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I hope that, that other people like it. Yeah. And I mean, if I was, if I could draw a straight line and I could paint, I mean, I don't think, I don't know. I got a day job. I just don't think that I could pull off trying to predict what somebody's going to like. I yeah. just have to do what I want to do yeah. and then assume that I'm not the only one that's going to like this and, and it will yeah. sell eventually. Yeah. it It's tough. You know, we hear it so many times that, well, I don't live in a good area. I live in a, in an area that isn't going to support my art. And that's, we hear that a lot here. Um, and, and yeah, there's not a lot of venues for you to play. Um, if you were able to play every other night locally and not hit the same place a couple of times, you know, a month or whatever, more than that actually. But the same goes for art. You know, if I want to sell art here, it's, 
Um, I've, I've, I don't know if I've said this on the blog or on the podcast before, but typically for me, people will spend as much on original artwork as one half of their mortgage or rent. So if the average mortgage and rent is $1,200 a month for the region, then $600 is as much as I'm going to get locally. And the trouble is we're, we're talking about a city of 20, 22,000 people. And we're, I'm currently 55 minutes away from a, a, a big city. And I can't live on a $500, $600 painting. I just can't do it. You know, by the time, by the time the commission fees go out to the gallery or whatever, my expenses of putting uh, the artwork together, uh, like materials and all that, and then advertising and just regular old cost of doing business. By that's all. By the time that's all done, I just can't afford my own rent. You know, so I I don't think globally. I don't think artists are very easy on themselves when it comes to that sort of concept. When they think about money, they're thinking, well, I just got to do better. I got to sell more. And they're just constantly in a rush. And this leads me to the, the last topic of you know social media. I spend a lot of time putting information out there for everybody you know, to try to get internet famous. I think all of us do it when we have a product or an art form that we're trying to share. We spend a lot of time pimping it constantly, right. trying to get people to like it, trying to find new people, trying to, you know, just really get it out there. And I wonder sometimes if maybe we're really doing what matters most, you know, should we, should we just, I mean, we didn't need it 30 years ago. Why do we need it today? You know? Right. So I'm struggling with that personally. I still, I don't think I'm going to let go of that anytime soon. I know there's a lot of information in that. And I know I'm just kind of babbling. I get this way later in the evening. So maybe this time of night's not a good time to do podcasts. I just think at the end of the day, I think, cause it comes up a lot in our podcasts and we talk about it and, and, and we've had some, you know, people comment on it, but I think at the end of the day, unless you're doing, I'm not talking about commercial work. I'm just talking about the kind of stuff that we tend to do, you know, us people that we know you got to do what you want to do yep. and you can't really worry about the money and you know, you got to worry about that afterwards. But yep. as soon as that, as soon as that creeps in while you're in the middle of making your art, you're, you're not, You've tainted it, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think you have. I've I've spent many years really contemplating the amount of money I need to support my family, right? From it, and it really has kind of drawn a line in the sand that you know I I know I'll never reach, but yet it's possible. So I don't know why I'm telling myself I can't. You know, right? It's it's really it's a tough situation. I I hope there's somebody listening right now that feels the same way because they can. They can go, well, yeah, it's, that's exactly how I feel. I'm not alone. You know, it's, it's tough. You know, you're putting yourself out there on a regular basis and it's like nobody cares. You know, it's almost like nobody's seeing it. Uh, a friend of mine, he posted uh, not long ago on one of the social networks we're on that um, he wasn't getting a lot of views on YouTube. And... I could be wrong, but I, I really do believe that when you're under 10,000, 20,000 subscribers, I think you're at a disadvantage right off the bat because you're, you're just not going to get views. Right. You know, you don't have the, you don't have the pool, so to speak on YouTube to draw people in because you're, you're not already starting with a pretty big audience. You know, you're starting with a small audience and you're trying to get people to share it. Exactly. Or put on their playlists. Yeah. Yeah. I think in that respect, you're better off to go to these bigger channels that you admire and that are the same genre as you and maybe have the same topics you do and find people commenting that just maybe are getting ignored by the person who runs that particular channel <laughs> because they have too many people to respond to. Maybe right. you can help them. And if you respond and help them giving them a good answer or an educated answer of sort, 
maybe they'll actually reach out and go to your channel and that's how you get somebody else. I, I don't want to say go to somebody else's channel and, 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 uh, pillage, you know, what they have, but, you know, go there and see if there's something you can do to help in that community. And maybe somebody will come back to you because of it. Right. That's probably a, a better way of getting views and subs on YouTube. It's not something I want to do really. It's YouTube is something I want to put together in the down, you know, down the stream for me, but not right now. It's just too hard for me to put it all together with everything else. But, uh, I don't know. I, I know we all struggle in some way. So difficult. What do you think of that beer? I I give it a very strong, I don't hate it. You don't hate it. Well, you I are, just, I just like it, but I don't hate you're it. You're wearing a green lantern shirt. So I'm not really sure. Green lantern. Yeah. I love green lantern. Yeah. Through the, what is it? Through the darkest day of blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware oh my. my power, Green Lantern's light. You are a nerd. I am. I love it. <laughs> but I'm I'm much more uh I'm much more partial to the um Deadpool? No. <laughs> no, the mid nineties Green Lantern, which was Kyle Rayner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than yeah. the Hal Jordan or yeah. Alan Scott, the older Green Lanterns. Mm -hmm. But you know, Hal Jordan is the you know the most famous Green Lantern, but have you and heard John Stewart? Don't forget about John Stewart is a Green Lantern. John Stewart was Green Lantern. That was his name. Yep. Really? Yep. Didn't he have like a late night show? A different guy. Oh, okay. That <clears throat> this John Stewart had a big afro, and oh, okay. and he was part of the Green Lantern's core. And I did cool. not know that. I can't remember what his backstory is. I, I want to say he was a doctor or something, but I I can't remember. I didn't really, I wasn't really that into that, that's the Green Lantern cores that much, yeah. but I was very into, to, uh, the Kyle Rayner yeah. Green Lantern. That's interesting. Since you're on that, um, and I'm going to skip over to Marvel for a second. Have you heard the news about Sony and Disney and Spider-Man? I've, I've seen the headlines, but I haven't read into what's going on. It with just that. drives me crazy. Typical, typical big shots. Ruining the life of a photographer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> let, let, let the kid make pictures and spin his web. You know, just get him out there, do his thing. We don't have to argue about the money. So, I don't know. I think I'm getting lit. It's are you, funny are you how, feeling this at all? No. Really? It's funny how in the comic books he always had a... You know, he would take pictures of himself. Yeah. And it, to sell the J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, but you can never see his duck face. No. <laughs> no. He's always under the mask. But uh I'm late. he always I'm had to use it. a he had to use a timer and an old timey camera. And then now we got, you know, everybody's got cell phones. Yeah. So. I have an old timey camera behind you. I seen that. And there's there's a real old timey camera over there on the on the old timey radio. <laughs> I like old timey things. Me I like too. I like steampunk too. That's yeah, me too. I, now now there's a a whole artistic movement that I just find fascinating and the create the you know level of creativity. Yeah, see some of the steampunk stuff. That oh yeah, people yeah. do. It's impressive. Do you do you think with modern technology like Instagram, for example, really comes to mind for me? Do you think we just have, we're just bombarded with so much talent now that it all just seems watered down? Like there's, there's no, it's like, duh, everybody's got talent. <laughs> you know? Not necessarily. I think the cream rises to the top. You think? I think it always does. But, and, and we've discussed this before, but I feel like technology, especially for amateur photographers, um, I think technology is, has made it to where, um, the average person that might have a, a a little tiny creative artistic bone in their, deep in their body allows them to do something that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, but somebody, you know, like you or, or, um, you know, like my friend Jess or somebody yeah, like yeah. that, it's like you take that technology and look what you do with it. And, I think if you if you try to compare them, I think you can see where the experience and the the you know the I don't know the years of trial and error and yeah. all that stuff. You can see where that comes into play. Um, it's just like 
I mean, take yourself, for example, and other photographers I know, you tend to look back at your earlier work. That was fantastic. And you're like, oh man, no, that's, you know, it's 10 years old now. And you look at, well, I would have done this different yeah. and I would use this yeah. different light and I'd use this angle. I think that technology is just, just allowed, you know, people to exercise that muscle a little bit and capture that moment and do something cool. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily, but it's just like home recording studios and, you know. Oh yeah. This podcast, I mean, the podcast right. is it's so easy with the gear we've got, you know, it, it doesn't take, it doesn't, I don't think, while it dilutes the, it dilutes the entire pool maybe, but I don't think it detracts from people that are actually very good at it and care about it. And whether it's a podcast or whether it's photography or whether it's music, I mean, there's just a, that you're competing to get noticed more. But I think that, like I said, the cream tends to rise to the, to the top. And yeah. I don't, you know, pe people usually don't listen to a song they don't like a second time. Right. I just, I, I guess when I look at, I'm following a lot of people on Instagram and I, I follow mainly artists, some photographers. It's just amazing to me how many people are just so talented out there with what they do. And I, I don't I don't think anybody's born with the talent. I think you have to develop it. I think you're born with an aptitude, that sort of thing, and, and you move on. But speaking of being born with it, I've gotta gotta share this. You look like you had something to add. Do you wanna add something? I think I <laughs> Would you would you, you like some more fries with that, sir? <laughs> you you might not be born with talent, yeah. But I think that you're born with the way you see the world, yeah. And yeah, yeah, your vision. <coughs> you probably have a vision. Yeah, I agree with that. So some of these people, you know, they do really cool things, but it's because of the way they see. You know, they see their muse. They see the moment. They yeah. see what's going around. They they're re reacting in their environment at that time. And the iPhone is just allowing them to cut out a lot of steps yeah. to get something, to get a pretty good looking picture Yeah, than what we would have had to do 15, uh, yeah, 20 years yeah. ago. I mean, you still could have done it. And I think there's still some really, I think film still has a really nice quality about it. I really do. You really have to know what you're doing before you, you know, and, and developing is a big part of that too. Right. You know, you've got some leeway there. Uh, you still have, the same dynamic dynamic range, if not more dynamic range than what we had, you know, let me say that right. In in cameras, talking photography, I think you probably had just the same amount of dynamic range in your film 35 millimeter or uh, even the medium format cameras of the day as what we do in digital today. We're just finally getting to a point where digital is just amazing. But, you know, developing that film was an art form as well you know it wasn't i'm not downgrading digital at all i'm not, no, I'm not I'm trying not. to go there but I, I i think there's an aesthetic that film had that we're still really not quite there yet and things have gotten so perfected so smooth so clean that it's you know i don't know i feel like we've lost the art form a little bit that's just me i, I, know, gotcha. you, I know you can add it back in there but Speaking of art form, I'm not a huge fan of the Ramones, but I, I like what they did. And on this day, Saturday, we're, we're doing this recording on Saturday, uh, the 24th of August. But on this day in 1979, Rock and Roll High School was released. Uh, it's a, it's a basically a, what do you call it? What do you call that when they do like a, like a film with music, a musical film? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, it was like I was. Well, it <laughs> you, can't be that almost, easy. I mean, you almost sounded like our buddy there, <laughs> Justin Nisley, that guy. It, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh god. Oh right. shoot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out today. I had to mention that because I don't want people listening to know. And since we've been talking about cameras and stuff, the uh, the motion picture camera. Uh. 
Thomas Edison, 1891. Believe it or not, 1891, wow. he patents the motion picture camera. Thomas Edison. Can you believe that? What would we do today without the motion picture camera? Yeah, it's nuts. I'd be bored. I still don't understand how it works. I don't understand how film works. <laughs> I don't understand how you. There's a lot to it. They're really in. And, and, you know, a lot of people think, well, it's a camera. You know, if you're if your DSLR or your uh, mirrorless camera takes great pictures, it must do really good video. And no, there's two different. It, it, it probably does. But right. the person using it needs to know how to get those settings correct. You know. A lot of folks don't realize that there's a 180 degree rule. You know, there's, and that refers to where the camera is placed, not necessarily the, it, 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 there's two, there's two parts to that. 180 degree. I don't want to get into details. That's not what this show is about, but 180 degree rule means that the camera stays on this side of the line. So if we were recording our podcast today and I'm looking at Paul right now, trying to explain this to him and he's looking at me like I'm an idiot, but you basically the camera would stay on a line on that side, right? Okay. So we could, we could have 180 degrees of location. So if we had two cameras, three cameras be better, I could put one over your shoulder doing my close up, one over my shoulder doing your close up and one in the middle showing both of us without the cameras. That way you wouldn't see the cameras and it would just gotcha. be really weird to have a camera all of a sudden pop up on this side of the line. Right. So that's the 180 degree rule as it applies to camera location. But there's also a 180 degree rule when it comes to film speed. So I don't want to get into great detail about that, but if you're shooting at 24 frames per second, you should have a shutter speed of 48. So you double it 180 degrees. I, and you called me a nerd earlier. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there's so much to it. And then, you know, you've got lighting and, Right. You know, the inverse square law with lights and it just gets crazy. It goes off the charts, makes people nuts. We drink. <laughs> but but the crazy thing is, is you point it, it's got a lens, it's got film in it. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden what it was looking at ends up on this. Yeah. On this film paper. Yeah. And there's a, there's an art to that, but there's also a science. <clears throat> so the person who is able to take both sides of that coin and use both parts of that brain and say, I understand how the camera works. I want to do this and I'm going to make this story with these character arcs and basically go from beginning to end with a good story. I, th I think they're brilliant. You know, Thomas Edison was a great man for coming up with the patents that needed to design uh, a movie camera. Right. But it's amazing what people have done with it. Yeah. I mean, it really is. These these people who shoot and direct their own. I, I guess we don't do that really so much today, but because you have cameramen and all that, a director of photography helps with, you know, placement and all that kind of stuff. But, you, you know, just it's it's unfathomable the amount of talent that goes behind right. goes into these movies and all the know, moving parts. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the moving human parts and all yeah. the. It's crazy. I keep saying it's crazy. It's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and, I, and I know this this podcast really isn't um, extraordinary in in anything that we're we're putting out there, but you know, there's there's a big part of production aspect. You know, there's a lot that I'm still learning with the editing process of going through and doing some of our our sound. Um, I'm anxious to see what the sound in this attic is going to be like compared to in the studio where we normally do it. Uh, it's neat to be in a different location. It is. It is. I'm, <coughs> I'm looking forward to doing this with other people. We can go on the road with this and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, there's also, you know, you just, for me, this is uh, pushing through the funk, you know, just kind of getting, you're hearing me, in your head right now, in your ear holes, actually getting out of a funk. You know, I've, I've been in a funk now for about four weeks and I feel like I'm on the verge of coming out of it, but you know, it's still a challenge. It's still, I got to find studio time. And I'm hoping that because we're not recording tomorrow, uh, like we normally would be, um, 
I'm hoping that I can actually wake up and go straight to the studio. Are you going to paint something? I, I Yeah. Are I'm you going to paint something with the intent to sell, or are you going to paint something with this, just the intent to be creative and just be in the moment? That's a good question, because everything I paint is for sale. So I, I just automatically start with the idea that if it sells, great. If it doesn't, oh, well. Uh, I think that might be part of your problem. You think? I, th I think you got to I think you need to take time away from that and you need to just paint some things that you just want to do. Yeah. And just I can't think of anything. I mean, I'm painting what I want. But I I guess my best way of saying this is they're not children to me. I'm not I'm not painting something thinking it's going to be mine. Does that make sense? Yeah. When's the last time you done one of those? The, all of them are that way. Everything I paint is like, well, I hope I sell this one. The only time it's ever something I don't want to sell is if it's a family member or a dog that I've had. <laughs> you right. Know, you know, those those are for me. But generally speaking, everything I put pencil on I, to paper with. I guess it's like, you, you know, you never, there's never a time anymore where you're, you know, doing something like that. You know, whether it's, a you know, ink or paint or whatever. And in the back of your mind, like, I, I just, I don't care if this sells or not. This is just a. They're all like that, actually. Yeah. Because I, I gave up on the idea of feeling like I need to make a living at it. I, I hate to say it that way, but it's, um, I do know I have a predestined price on everything I do. And that might be getting a little, that might be, that might be getting in my head a little bit. I don't know, but you know, I, I was told a long time ago, oh, you probably shouldn't do whiskey paintings. And here I am doing whiskey paintings. Right. That's something I just And a enjoy. big one too. At yeah, that, yeah. So. And that's something I want to, tomorrow, if I get up and paint, I, I say if, if I get up and paint. When? Uh, yeah. It, I would like to work on the camera part of that painting that's been sitting for a long time needing done. I, I think the thing that scares me with that particular painting, it's expensive. And I don't want to spend the time on something that I feel like I can't sell right now. Whereas I've got a bunch of other things I probably could. And I work kind of slow. I, if I do a charcoal drawing, I could probably get it done in a few hours a day. Maybe even I could probably do one tomorrow and be done with it that I could feel good about selling. Um, well, I guess the question is, is like if you, if you play back the tape here yeah, and, yeah. and you hear what you just said, it's like, it's this like, is, you know, therapist Paul, <laughs> you're not sure if, if you want to spend the time on it right now because it's going to be expensive. And I think you're, I think you're letting, I mean, that's a way you're letting money and you're letting the future get in the way yeah, of, true. of creating. And anytime you do that, that's just, that's a shackle. It is, you know, it's a good point. You got to let, you got to get that stuff out of your yeah, head. Yeah. Cause somebody might buy it. I might get it done and be like, Oh, I've been waiting for you to get that done. <laughs> uh, right. Right. I mean, you know? I don't know. It's it's tough, Paul, because I mean I know you see this, but and I'll say it here, it's it's probably gonna be in the four to five thousand dollar range. And that's an expensive piece of work. That means I gotta find using my old my other formula of saying, you know, your mortgage is this, this is what you're willing to spend. Right. I'm looking at people paying eight thousand to ten thousand, maybe even twelve thousand dollars a month for their mortgage. And I know a few people like that, but this isn't the artwork they buy. I just think that's irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant until it's done. I don't think that should enter into the equation why the art is being made in any way, shape, or form. I think it's that's interesting. I think that's uh, <laughs> I'm hearing you. This I think is what I need to hear. Actually, I think that's stealing. That is stealing time, and that is that that is occupying space in your brain that should be used for creating what you're creating. Yeah. You worry about that money. After it's done, then it's a because right now yeah. it's not a commodity. You're trying to 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 make something that is not real a commodity, yeah. and, and you have not. you got you got to create that. Yeah, you know you got to create it before it can become. That's a good insight. That is really good insight. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem. You do. I, th I think that's that's got you on a because I you were really excited when you started that. Oh yeah, I was. I was like, oh, to get this done, be part of my my shtick for a while, you know. Right. And and honestly, I gotta I gotta be upfront here. When I started this year, I thought to myself, well, I'll do this many paintings, and this many will be this size, 
this uh, medium and so on and so forth. And I had this grand scheme of putting together a body of work basically that was uh, already predestined based on size and medium, right? And it would help me have a price range. And the goal was the 60% of the artwork would be at price A, okay? We'll just say it like that. And then the other 40% is price B. Price B I don't intend to sell, but it helps make price A look more affordable when it's more expensive than most. Right. Right. So there is still a big part of that. Excuse me. There's still a big part of that that, and I can go into great detail, and I don't want to bore our listeners with this, but you've got to find the right market for your work. You know, I can't just take a painting that costs X number of dollars and throw it in any old gallery. It's going to have to go in the gallery that can support that price structure. Right. Right. I mean, you wouldn't walk into a a place that sells luxury diamonds and who's known to be kind of expensive and expect to get one for 20 or $30. Right. 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 Uh, it's like selling a car. We've talked about this before. I think even on here that yeah. you know you're not going to sell uh, a buy here, pay here car on an Aston Martin showroom floor. Right. It's, it's the same. I'm not comparing my art to Aston Martins. That's not where I'm going with this. But when you start asking a higher price, it's kind of what you're doing. I actually got. I I was in the buy here, pay here business for many years, and uh, that's one of the things I I uh, struggled with my boss when he started having wanting to have stuff in the $10,000 price range to sell for cash. And I'm like, it's very hard for us to, to, to have these here because somebody comes in and they want to, you know, they see that they want that. They don't want to yeah. buy this, this $1,600, <laughs> you know, right, right, Pinto, right. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Cause if you're selling a 1600, I mean, you're talking about different times too, but if you're looking at a $1,600 Pinto, you know, your, your most expensive car on that lot should probably only be, $3,500. Exactly. You know, that's, that's pushing. I know people are listening going $3,500 for a car. Are you on crack? No, I'm just old. I know. I'm, I bought my Pinto for $500 in 1979. Hey, I, I bought a, <laughs> I bought an Impala here just not too long ago for 800 bucks. So, you know, Did you yeah, really? yeah, it's wow. a, a, it's a 2006. No kidding. I I'm using it to haul equipment because <laughs> because my other car is a two-door and yeah, uh, i can yeah. only haul so much it's got good trunk space though yeah well you know it's good to put a body in get rid of it <laughs> you can get at least three dead hookers in, oh, in the trunk. nice nice all right so let's wrap this up um, are we wrapping this up we are are you gonna quit worrying about money while you're creating no, art i'm never gonna quit worrying about money no why you're creating art i think you, you gotta quit worrying about it while you're creating it you worry about it when it's done i think it's sapping <sighs> the life out of you I'm be. doing an intervention right now. <laughs> People start coming through the door. Mike, yeah. we're going to sit you down. All right. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you got something to say, make sure you send us an email or tweet at us or something. Let us know you listened and give us your input. I'd love to know what it is. I'd love for you to hop over on Mike's Lounge on the Discord server. That would be awesome. We can talk about this a little bit more in detail. Um, I get on there sometimes. You do. I'm more of a you lurker. Do. You are, yeah, he's a, kind of gets in there and just looks. <laughs> I got nothing with that. I, But what I'm trying to say, you just. Are you, trying, off, so, are you, you just, trying to say something? No, not really. I'm having a good time. I, I am we too. We were slow starting, but I think, I think. I don't it, know. Uh, I'm I having a good time. Yeah, I don't know if it's a slow start. I think, I think uh, this is much more casual and conversational, which is what I want it to be. We're down in the belly of the ship. It does it's sound listing. like that. Yeah. Yeah. With our fans. Paul was telling me that before we started that it was kind of feels like we're in a ship. It's like, yeah, it is. It is like that. I like coming up. Honestly, I like, I wish I could, we should probably take a picture and show everybody what this looks like, but there's a lot I, of beer I, bottles. There is a lot of alcohol that has been abused in this room. <laughs> so, um, but I've got this little 1942 Zenith uh, console radio it stands. A, what do you say? About three feet high, maybe four is three feet probably with my bust of John Wayne on top of it. Uh, that was bourbon. Kentucky straight bourbon was in that. Oh, really? Yeah. I wouldn't recommend drinking it. 
Why? Because uh, the it sat for so long in there, and I I've heard that that was lead paint in those days, so it might have soaked in. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've got a 1923 uh, Voigtlander box camera. Does right it work? There. It does. If you put a sheet of uh, paper, photographic paper on it, uh, you can take a picture with it. It does one shot at a time. That's cool. Yeah, not a roll or anything like that. When's the last time you took anything on? Uh, probably 15, 20 years ago. It's hard to find. For me, it's hard to find sheet film that I can put in there. And that'd, you get be in a, that'd be an interesting YouTube video. Of you, it would be. Doing that, be. using that camera. You kind of, you go into this little, uh, you make a little dark room kind of bag sort of thing. And you, you, the way I would do it is I can't see. I just happen to know. I feel the paper and put it where it needs to go. And I close the camera all back up and I get it back out of the bag. Then I take a shot and I take the paper out in a dark room and have it developed. It's, it's a process. It's difficult. I don't have any of the chemicals anymore to do it. I could probably turn this room into a dark room and get away with it. As long as nobody, well, I guess I could cover that window over there with black or something, but yeah, this, this would work up here. I know you're trying to hang up on me, but I'm not, I'm not on the phone, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you mentioned about how, how we're not quite there yet with the digital and, yeah. and just the kind of, there's just a certain thing in film that is just not there in a lot of digital work. Yeah. Um, are you a guy that likes to listen to records? Still? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't have any records anymore. I have records, but I don't have a player that, that actually has a record player in it. Does it work? No, the, the cords are just so dry rotted. I'd hate to plug them in. Uh, it still has tubes in it. I think that the tubes may work. I don't know. Uh, if I rewired it, it might be okay. Just got to play with it and find out. Uh, I don't know the last time it was ever on. Again, 1942. It's it's old. It's it's way way old. I like you know. Speaking of this room, I just like. I mean, we got an old lamp here, and I like coming up here and There's smoking a, good a cigar. There's yeah. a good vibe in there. It's it can be creepy. Don't get me wrong. It it can be creepy when you're up here by yourself and uh, all in that. the dark. In the, yeah. Plot plot plotting. Yeah, talking talking to my actually recording a conversation with myself. Like you know, tomorrow I'm going to do this. <laughs> no not really um no I, i've got a lot of old stuff up here just like antiques things that mean something to me and um there's a mg flash album inside that curio cabinet over oh, there yeah. actually it's, it's amazing it is it's one i really enjoyed shooting and being a part of it was a lot of fun so you know i, I guess you've kind of thrown me off topic here with a lot of different things uh, I this, did. You're blaming ending. me. Yeah. I'm, are you, are you mad at me? No, no, because this is important. And, and I want to take it to heart that, you know, I got to quit thinking about the amount of money at the end of the process, right. you know, and, and just get it done. And if a buyer buys it, great. If nobody buys it, then, you know, that's when um, you got to have your business hat on. You got to have your business hat on when it's time to do business. But when it's time to make art, it's time that's to a make a great art. way of saying it. Say that again. So everybody heard you. When it's time to make art, it's time to make art. After you're done making art, that's when you put your business hat on. That you can't wear so your business good. hat while you're yeah. while you're making art. That is the takeaway from this show. If people listen this long and endured the whole hour <laughs> of listening to Mike talk about nonsense, Paul just said it. Paul just gave us the big takeaway for the show. And, it's it's uh, the sapper of creativity, it man. Is, it is. And I've been stuck on that for a very, very long time. Uh, because my analytical brain is just as active as my creative brain. And it, it just kind of gets in there and says, you got to do this, and this, and this. And that's probably why I don't do a lot of photography these days. It's just, there's a, a big part of me that says that the photography and the, the video is more about capturing. I don't even like saying it that way. It's more about documenting my journey as a creative so I can share it with people because I feel like I can take a picture for myself if I need to. Right. <laughs> right. It's a skill I've developed. Uh, but if I focus, if I double down on being a photographer, then I lose myself as a fine artist. And if I double down as a fine artist, I lose myself as a photographer to some degree. But at least as a fine artist, I can pick up a camera and do the things I enjoy doing with a camera 
for the sake of my art versus picking up a camera, doing the grip and grin thing and doing senior pictures and weddings and all the shit that I hate doing. Really? <laughs> I mean, I just really don't do it. Right. Uh, I do miss shooting bands. I'll, I'll always, if a band calls me, I'm going to be there regardless because I just enjoy it. And there's a big part of me that says, get back into the, the swing of things, go back to the live shows again, but let the bands know that, Hey, I'm only going to be here to get shots so that I can make artwork from it. And if they want to make prints of that artwork, sign it, all that stuff for their shows, I'll, I'll be glad to license it to them for that. You know, that's, that's something I'm kind of working on. So if anybody heard yeah, that, that and they want to steal cool. that, go right ahead and do it. Cause I want to see if it works. <laughs> so, but uh, I don't, I don't necessarily want to, I don't want to do the editorial thing anymore, you know, unless I'm really paid well for it. And there's just not a lot of money in editorial. So, wow. I got a lot of shit going on in my head, dude. It's, it's like constant. If I could just get away from that regular job, that making ends meet thing. Right. But, at the, you know, I think sometimes, and I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and uh, it's the the regular job. I think sometimes we got to look at it as as uh, maybe not the, the, the ball and chain that it is sometimes yeah. and m- usually is. Right. But it's also... For for me and what I've started to look the way I've I've turned around and, and look at it, it's it's what allows me to to be able to to do what I want to oh, do yeah, with, without without worrying about having to sell this or That's sell the that. Only way I can endure it, honestly, right. just knowing that it's part of it's part of who I am. You know, it's it's subsidizing my art. Yeah, that's all my job Absolutely. does. Absolutely, and I think that. You know, like our conversation tonight and what I'm trying to, you know, get you to see. Yeah. It's like it's a it's and our listeners. It's not all about me. Right. <laughs> well, you know, they they know. It's yeah. like we're we're all having a conversation. They're the third member, you know. Yeah, They're just yeah. kind of sitting there listening and and trying to interrupt yeah. me, but it's great because I just keep going. But <laughs> oh, interrupt for all of us. <laughs> it's different. If you're if you're a commercial artist, if you're a jingle writer or you're writing um greeting cards or you're writing commercials or you're shooting, uh, you know, commercial prints for commission stuff, you know, then, yeah, that's a little bit different. That's not what I'm talking about. And I know that's not what, what you're talking about. It's the kind of stuff that we like to do and, and we're trying to do. If, if I start thinking, well, if, if I write this song and I put it on an album, is anybody going to like it? And am I going to be able to sell that? I, I don't care. I just, yeah. you know, but I have a job, so I don't have to care. It's a little bit different story if yeah. if this is all I got to do. And then, you know, imagine that kind of pressure creeping in on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be horrible. On Because the only pressure I have right now is I'm trying to make my goal, and I'm going to say this publicly to hopefully get this out of my head. My, my wife has suffered several strokes, and she was a surgical nurse uh, before those strokes, and she was uh, very happy doing it. Loved doing it. It was her, I mean, it, it's, it was her art basically. Right. And now she's unable to do it. And, uh, without getting too personal on this, I basically want to make from my art the same amount of money, uh, that she made so that we can go back to the lifestyle that we had prior to the strokes. And I want to make it so that if she wants to go on that cruise, whether I go or not, she can go her and her friends or whatever. And she can just live that life to the fullest. And I feel like the one job that I have isn't enough to do all the things that we want to do. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, we make good money, right. Uh, in our, in our, our career paths that, you know, since we both work in the same place, um, you're not going to find that around here. Very easy. Right. You know, we're pretty lucky in that regards, but, um, to double that income, net income, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of art sales. And I think that's a pressure that I do need to let go of and just say, you know, just, just sell something, you know, get back at it. I'm, I'm doing okay, but it's really hard to find that client all the time. I've, I feel like I've kind of gone through everybody in, in the, <laughs> in Southern Ohio, I mean, from, from Indiana to 
Pennsylvania. I just feel like I've just like saturated the market with my work because right. you know, but I know better than that. I know that's not the not the same thing, but I really do need to wrap this up because <laughs> you're like in my head. You're making me want to do stuff now, which is cool. I love that. That's that's why I love having you here. Um, Are you going to strike me? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I might smite you. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that. I just, that's, again, I'm watching too much Lucifer. On it's a really good show. I'm going to get into it. I know we're bad. I've been watching The Office again. Are, are you? Still I'm listening? rewatching The Office. The Office, yeah. really? I love The Office. <laughs> this will be. This is like my no. my fourth time uh, rewatching <laughs> the entire series. So. That's cool. I I uh, seen bits and pieces of it. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like I've lived part of it, actually, at points in my life. Cubicles are crazy. If you work in a cubicle nation right now, I... I God bless you. Yeah, your soul. <laughs> I tell you. I'm really sorry. But yeah, that's really all I got. Paul, you got anything else? <laughs> I, t- I told you what's up. <laughs> all right. Create stuff. Create it for you. Just do it, man. Don't, don't awesome. worry. Awesome. Then when you're done, worry about how you're going to make money off of it. Very good. So, uh, everybody listening, glad to have you. Glad you're here. Really thankful you are here actually. And, uh, really happy you're part of this, uh, this thing I do. It really means a lot to me. And, uh, you are actually the reason that makes it all worth it. So with that, go check us out on all walks of art dot simplecast dot FM. And you can find everything about us, both Paul and Mike, on that show. And you can find us on Twitter from there. You can do all that good stuff. I'm not going to babble on about all that extra. Just find us. Jab us. Tell us, tell us yeah. what you want to know. Uh, Just don't wave at me on Facebook. It's irritating. It is, yeah, poke. Yeah, poking on Facebook's weird, man. That's just crazy. Don't poke. Don't poke can you even poke anymore? You can wave, I but I don't, I don't know. know if you can poke. Poking's just creepy. <laughs> All right, all right. That's that's all I got. Did you like the beer? I like I said, I I didn't hate it. Okay. I would drink. I would try to drink that again. Okay. I'm gonna let my friends know up there. It is from Michigan. I will say that. <laughs> I don't care. For those about of you that. listening in Ohio, we're not allowed to say Michigan properly. But I, but I actually like. <laughs> I actually like the. Uh, the aftertaste so yeah yeah i, I thought it, i thought it was very well done it's just you know yeah if it's i was a beer guy i think i'd like it but uh i don't I'm know it's it's rough that's the whole point of having this beer tonight was just the fact that it's not for everyone and your art's not for everyone either so no, that's right <laughs> and that's what i'm trying to say for everyone listening just make your art and if you're like me and you got money in the brain and it's preventing you from doing your best work listen to paul you can listen. Put your art first yeah. and make business second. That's right. So. And you get 50 no's. It only takes one yes. That's true. That's true. All right. That's all I got. We'll see you, Paul. Later.